0: I am tired. I thought I would figure this out. I feel like I have to be perfect. Always on. Always moving.
1: Why is it, is it all so loud? So loud?
0: <sighs> I desperately need a place where I can slow down. A space to call home. A home that allows me time to process. To discover who Who I'm meant meant to be. We were never meant to do life on our own. So I, I, I will be a part of something greater. Good morning, Lincoln Park. How are you guys doing? Yes, as John said, I made the journey in from way out west, you guys. It was a long road to get here, man. (laughs) Actually, I have just had the pleasure of staying at my daughter's apartment. She lives in the West Loop, straight down Halstead. It was just a quick drive to get here this morning, and I've been enjoying the city. I love that it does feel like the false kind of spring that's here. People are missing out. If they left town this weekend because of the holiday, they're the ones that are missing out because it has definitely been a great experience, at least for me. So thanks for welcoming me. Uh, I have been around community for a while. I was at Lincoln Square for a while and been here. I feel like I'm visiting family whenever I'm in town, So thanks for welcoming me so warmly anyway. Okay, so following our 21 days of prayer and fasting back in January, I took um, the opportunity to fast from social media. And as I was fasting from social media, it really made me kind of reflect and and see kind of my motivation for how I use social media. And one thing that I learned about myself, and I don't know if this is true for you, is I really like to make things make me look good. If you were to go and look at my Instagram account, for example, you would see that I like to post about all the races that I've been a part of, like the Chicago Marathon, just to make me look, I know, pretty impressive, huh, right? Also, you would find me having lots of fun with my friends and family, You would see a beautiful meal that I have prepared that looks really appetizing. Uh, You would see me probably even bragging about my kids and maybe some great accomplishment that they have had, right? But what you won't see on my Instagram account is you won't see that I've made frozen pizza for the past two nights in a row because things have gotten crazy or maybe the leftovers that my kids refused to eat because it wasn't this best meal ever. You won't see me having an argument with my husband And you won't see the disappointing letter that I have gotten on an occasion about my kids when they haven't made the wisest choices about their grades. So, why do we do this? Or why do I do this? I do this because I want to look good. I do this because I really want people to think highly of me. But if you think that's bad, check out this guy. A tattoo artist who lives in England, his name is Dean Gunther, and he has a client who hated working out but he wanted the look of having six pack abs. So, now <laughs> this is a real thing, guys. So, he asked Gunther to tattoo these abs up on his stomach. Now, that is either brilliant or ridiculous. I haven't decided what it is. Brilliant, raise your hand. If you think it's brilliant, ridiculous, raise your hand. What's your votes for that, right? Why do we do these things? Why do we go to such efforts to make ourselves look good? Well, we do this because we do care what other people think, right? We care about what other people think and we are hardwired to belong. We are hardwired to belong. We are hardwired to want people to notice us. We want people to think well of us and we want to be seen as valuable. Sometimes things we get noticed for are insignificant or ridiculous or insane like this guy, right? but sometimes they have massive implications for us as disciples of Jesus. This desire for approval is exactly what Jesus is talking about and what he's going to be addressing in this Sermon on the Mount that we've been going through. We're currently in week seven of this series. If you have missed a few weeks, you can go online and catch up with us. But we are in week seven of our U Plus series. And the whole intention behind this U Plus series is to help us grow as disciples of Jesus. And what's a disciple? A disciple is someone who hears from God and does what God says. Someone who hears from God and does what God says. And you have an invitation to kind of join us and identify yourself as a disciple of Jesus, to step into this life and life to the full that Jesus offers us. It's a flourishing life that God wants for each and every one of us. And as we enter into this and we live as disciples of Jesus, we discover that. And to help you, we've been challenging you to have a U-plus conversation. And this is an opportunity for somebody to come have a conversation with you to help you discern what God is saying to you and what might be your next steps. What are your next steps as a disciple? Who here has had a U-plus conversation? Anybody have one already? Raise your hand if you've had one. A few people, you can raise your hand. You're just like, you, so I've had that. Yes, U plus conversation. See, back in the fall, we did a little beta test on these U plus conversations with people. And we found there were three types of responses to these U plus conversations. The first person was the eager person. That's what I'd call them. They were eager to jump right in. They were the first to sign up. They wanted to have a conversation right away. And then there was another category where these people were more willing but maybe not quite in a hurry. And then there were those people who were cautious. Cautious. Those who weren't quite sure. The idea of kind of sitting down with someone to talk about how you're hearing from God and what your next steps are kind of makes some of us feel uncomfortable. And that's okay. No matter where you are, whether you're eager or you're willing or you're cautious, I want you to know that that is perfectly normal. That is a normal response. But know this, relationships are a catalyst for spiritual transformation and conversations are at the core of a relationship. So wherever you are, that's okay. But know that we're going to continually and gently encourage you to have these conversations because these you plus conversations really can be transformative for your life. I've had several U conversations already, um, and every single person that I had a conversation with, they gained clarity on what their next steps were, and 100% of them were glad they had done it. I think of Elena, who is a young adult at our Yellow Box location, and her next step was to start a young adult small group, and she's actually kicking it off today with a brunch. I remember my conversation with Melissa, And her next step that she was hearing from God is that she wanted to make the practice of silence a daily practice for her. And then I think of Mandy, who I had a conversation with, and she wanted to begin to regularly engage in the blessed practices to bless her next-door neighbors and her neighborhood, the very people who live around her. These conversations are for you. They are for you, so you can have life and life to the full that Jesus came to offer us. And Jesus had these types of U-plus conversations with his disciples repeatedly over the three years that he spent with them. In fact, the Sermon on the Mount can be thought of as a giant U-plus conversation. In the sections we're going to look at today, Jesus speaks to his disciples about engaging in spiritual practices of giving, prayer, and fasting. And Jesus isn't just asking us to give and asking us to pray and asking us to fast. The thing that Jesus is concerned about here is our motivation. Because motivation matters to God. You can see this concern in the very first verse that we read in Matthew 6, 1. You can read along on the screen and it says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. This verse is kind of Jesus' thesis statement for the verses that follow here. The key to this whole section can be summed up in this one phrase that you see right there to be seen by them. What Jesus is driving at here is the motivation and the intention behind our actions. Jesus wants us to be careful. He wants us to be careful that we don't do our acts of righteousness in front of others in order to be seen and subsequently praised by them. Now, it's important to understand that we are hardwired for belonging. We're hardwired for affirmation. We're hardwired for approval. We want to belong, and that's not, that's not bad in and of itself. In fact, we see from the earliest stages of kids that they want to be seen. I can think of my son, Charlie, when he first went to the park when he was like three years old and learned how to swing himself. He actually said, can you guys hear me? He actually said, watch me, watch me every time we went to the park, right? Watch me. It's hardwired into us to watch me. But that watch me of childhood becomes an adult's unspoken but just as deep need To notice me, approve of me, see me. This drive to be noticed, it's not a result of sin. The problem comes where we go looking for that attention and that approval. You see, we're made to be noticed. We're made to be noticed by God but we often go chasing after it to get the notice of others. Kind of like that tattooed guy, right? Scholar Frederick Dale Bruner suggests that a better, more literal translation of that first verse that we read there could be like this. Watch out that you do not do your righteousness in front of other people in order to be theater to them. Theater. Jesus is saying, I'm not interested in your acts to just get applause. I want your heart's. I want real intimacy with you so real-life transformation can happen for you, not just this show. And then he goes on to give three examples of spiritual practices to illustrate what he means. So let's briefly, let's look into those and let's reflect on those because our motivation matters to God. The first illustration, it centers on giving. We can read challenges us to examine our motivation for being generous he wants us to give freely because we've heard from god and we're doing what god has asked us to do god wants a cheerful giver he wants us to give out of our heart regardless of whether we get noticed by others and it can be easy to want our generous acts to earn us praises Author Ethan Richardson makes this observation about our current culture. He says, companies are now attempting to outdo one another with major acts of generosity. But there's a catch. There's a catch. They'll do so as long as they can make sure their customers know about it. And of course, we should commend these companies for doing the right thing. But Jesus wanted us to do the right thing with the right motive, to please God, not to impress others. So maybe you don't own a company, but perhaps you could get curious about the motivations and ask yourself, why do you give? What's the motivation behind your generosity? And when you are generous, do you hope to be recognized for your generosity? How do you feel when other people are recognized for their generosity? Do you expect to have some additional influence because of your generosity? We're all tempted to want our generosity to be noticed by other people, but Jesus says, the one who matters most is your Father in heaven, and he notices. Jesus then gives this second illustration that we read about. This time it's about prayer. Matthew 6, 5, it says, And when you pray, you must not look like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues at the street corners that they may be seen by others. There's that phrase again. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward, but when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And again, Jesus kind of digs into this motivation and our intention. And in the Greek, this word hypocrisy that you see was actually a theater term that meant to wear a mask. And this isn't a COVID mask. This is a mask that different people would wear whenever they would play multiple characters within a show. And I love Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of this in verse 5. He says, And when you come before God, do not turn that into a theatrical production. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Jesus is saying, don't be like that. Don't put on an act in front of people so they'll notice you. Okay, let's be clear. Jesus isn't simply against these kind of acts of public. See, his disciples, they recorded some of his prayers that he had seen, so that he, he must have been out in public when he was doing this. Jesus went to the synagogue, and he publicly read the scripture. He praised the widow who gave all that she had. And for Jesus to pray or praise her, he actually had to see her, right? So these statements don't prohibit these kind of public displays and deeds, but he's warning us against the temptation that these public deeds bring? Are we doing them to gain applause, gain approval from others? If you wonder if you do this, think about this with me. If you've ever prayed in front of somebody, and I do this, I I hate to admit this, but at times when I'm praying, I often wonder, I often wonder what does my prayer sound like to other people? More than what I'm thinking about what I'm saying to God. Ever find yourself thinking that way? I mean, I'll be praying, I'll be like, oh, that sounds kind of lame, right? (laughs) Am I the only one that does this? (laughs) We can all be tempted to be, want to be noticed by other people, but Jesus says, the one who matters is your Father in heaven, and he notices. Jesus' final illustration is about fasting. We read this in verse 16, and it says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. There's the hypocrite word again. For they disfigure their faces, so their fasting may be seen by others. That phrase that's used over and over again. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. That your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Again, Jesus, he's after the motivation here. He's challenging us to be curious, to examine why do we do the things we do? Why do you do the things that you do? He wants to loosen our grip on seeking the approval of others and help us seek God's approval. Last month, I hope many of you engaged in that 21 days of prayer and fasting that I had mentioned. And whether you fasted from food or social media like I did, did you find yourself tempted to want to share with others the sacrifices you were making maybe? That you were hungry when you were fasting? Oh, I'm fasting. Pardon my grumbly stomach or something like that. I would find myself saying, oh, I don't know about that. I'm not on social media. Or, oh, I didn't hear about that. I'm not on social media, right? We can all be tempted to kind of want our sacrifices to be noticed by other people. But Jesus says, the one who matters most is your Father in heaven. And he notices. What Jesus is after in all three of these illustrations is our motivation. Are we trying to be noticed by people? Or are we trying to be noticed by God? Are we driven by the approval of others? Or our Father in heaven? Jesus wants us to understand that our motivation matters. So how do we know? How do we know if we're seeking the approval of others? Well, here's three questions that we can kind of ask ourselves to begin to get curious, to begin to examine our own motivations here. You're seeking the approval of others if you are motivated by the praise of others or unmotivated by the lack of praise that you might receive. Two, your decisions are often driven by what other people think about you. Number three, you're easily discouraged, irritated, or angry when your efforts are not appreciated by others. Now, we could go on to this, but this really is just a list to help you begin to get curious and examine kind of your own motivations for why you do what you do. And if you find yourself in here, in this list, that's okay. I already admitted to you that I like to look good on Instagram, so it's okay. You're not alone here, right? But as we continue to pursue this you plus life, God wants us to be free from these misaligned motivations. He wants us to experience real freedom. So I don't want to just highlight kind of this interrogation of our motivations. Let's look at the positive side of this when our motivations are in alignment with God. These are the markers of a person who is pursuing the approval of God. The first one is you find joy when God gets glorified, even if you get the attention or not. Number two, you seek to know and pursue the values of Jesus, not what's of our current culture. Number three, you feel loved and noticed by God. This could be you, to feel loved and noticed by God. Imagine that for a moment if that's what you felt all the time. What would your life be like if that authentically was true of you? This life that Jesus wants to lead you to, this is a glimpse of this life and life to the full. This is what we're calling the you plus life. It's a life of freedom. It's a life that's content. It is a life of wholeness. But how do we move towards that life? How do we move towards that? I want you to think back to those three illustrations. The three illustrations of giving, of fasting, of praying. In all three of those illustrations of giving, praying, and fasting, Jesus doesn't command us to do that. And actually, the statements are pretty implicit. The statements indicate that he assumes that we're already doing those three things. He assumes it's a regular part of our life to give, to fast, to pray. And it's interesting to note that in these illustrations, Jesus doesn't say that we should do these things because they're the right things to do. He says we should be after the reward that we get from them. And what's that reward? that reward is intimacy and connection with God. And it only happens when our motivation is in alignment with God's heart when we do them. That's how we're transformed from the inside out. Spiritual practices help us grow into this God-centered life. As we pursue an ever-deepening connection with God through these practices, we come to know God's heart, We come to desire God above everything else. We learn to follow God in the ways of his kingdom. I love this quote from Dallas Willard. He says, The kind of people who have been so transformed by their daily walk with God that their good deeds naturally flow from their character are precisely the kind of people whose left hand would not notice what their right hand is doing. What they do naturally, often automatically, simply because of what they are pervasively and are internally. Their deeds are in secret, no matter who is watching, for they are absorbed in the love of God and those around them. When we are absorbed in the love of God and the love of others, we give and pray and fast in secret. Because we're absorbed in the attention of God. And it's easy for us to fall into this trap and living our lives to be noticed by the approval of others. Perhaps the guy with the tattooed abs, he's actually crying out to be noticed, even if what he's being noticed for isn't even real. If you long to be noticed, if you hunger for approval, Here is what I want you to know today. You already have what you're chasing. You already matter to the one who matters most. God sees you, God knows you, God loves you beyond measure. You already have God's approval, you already have what you're chasing. Jesus wants to lead you into this life of intimacy with Him. He isn't interested in disciples who just go through the motions for theatrical purposes, trying to gain the attention of the world. He's looking for disciples that are after what He's after. What He's after is connection and intimacy. You already have what you're chasing, you already have God's approval. He sees you. God knows you. God loves you beyond measure. And my prayer is that you would be absorbed into the love of God, that you would be absorbed in the full attention of God, and that would drive and motivate every action that you have. Will you pray with me? Creator God my prayer for every person in this room is that they would experience your presence in their life right now knowing that they are fully approved by you they have your full attention that what they're seeking most they already have and that their motivation can be pure because it comes from you Father, I thank you so much for your son, Jesus, who walked this earth, showed us how to find our way back to you, challenges us to check our motivations, but then extends forgiveness, extends grace to all, and then sends the Holy Spirit to empower us to be who you created us to be. Father, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that everyone in this room would be absorbed into your love today, knowing they have your full attention. Thank you so much for Jesus. It's in his name that I pray, amen.